Okay, let's get started. And we're on. So, episode one, Maladjusted Monkeys. Nice, nice start. Nice start. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Good title. So, yeah, thank you very much. Took me ages to come up with that. <laughs> um, so, episode one, the pilot episode, joined by Jace. I've known you for a couple of years, mate. And yeah, well, it'd be uh, three years. years. Three, four years? Yeah, well, it was three years I've been home. Yep. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, well, I was dating Lisa. I know, right? Yeah, well. So, <laughs> won't mention last names on this or anything like that in case she ends up listening to this. But yeah, dating a friend of mine and yeah, well, look, it's, at the end of the day, we were good people, but it's the wrong time for me. Like, yeah, I came home to, I guess, a mess. That was yeah, I guess what we're talking about. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, and that's that's where pretty much it hit me like a freight train. I was, um, I knew there was something wrong. Yeah, what was wrong? And it was actually Lisa that was like, she came out with it and went, you've got depression. I was like, I yeah. was so angry at her at the time. I was like, how dare you? Like, and that's why I wanted to talk to you because obviously I was, the main idea for this podcast, well, for me, because I've gone through depression in the last few years, trying to figure it all out. Um, I thought this would be a good way to talk to other people that have felt the same way. And for me, figure it all out, maybe for you or anyone else listening as well. And like I said, I've known you for what, three, four years. Heard that there was, you've been through something, but never knew what it was. Yeah, look, um, I guess it all starts from my childhood. So the doctors, they say that I've got PTSD, but I don't know. I think that's just a a title for it. It's just a trauma, uh, depression. So a lot of things happened to me as a kid. And then uh, basically I bottled them all up and just move forward and, and then things in the adult life did the same thing and you just you pop them all up and then yep. you get to a stage where it just uh yeah it overflows yeah, so, yeah and that was same. that was yeah january three years ago yeah so i came home and um yeah i just didn't understand like i started i'd always not been a cold person but i could always just glide through situations so yep. breakups sad times, all those sort of things. I could just glide through it. Yeah. Nothing would happen. Well, you go numb. Yeah, like I that. would. So sometimes it would be just me would go numb or I would use going out and, and partying, you know, what goes with that. Yep. And make myself numb. So I guess, yeah, it got to a stage where you can only put so many Band-Aids on and then the past catches up with you no matter... Where's your circumstance? Down. Yeah, so do you mind? Is it alright if I ask you what happened in your childhood? Um, oh, look, it was uh, a family member had done some stuff to me, and um, oh, look, emotional abuse from both parents and yeah. physical abuse from both parents as well. Yeah. So, um, I guess it's it's only something that I've really the last couple of years started to understand that. That's not the norm. Like yeah. For me, I'd grown up that um, I guess when I'd get girlfriends, I'd be always drawn to their family, but always think that it was weird. Like, why is their family so nice? And, yeah. Yeah. And so friendly, and and so yeah, yeah, it was. Um. So that was the the family side of it, and then as I grew up, it's that lack of guidance from two parents, and yep. that being very lost as a kid and, and a younger adult then turned me to different ways which 
look, they were never, um, look, I never, I never wanted to self-harm. I never wanted to cause trouble. I never wanted to do the wrong thing, but uh, silly, silly thoughts or just not knowing how to use my emotion would put me in those situations. So yeah. as in you'd pick, you'd pick an outlet for it and it'd be the wrong one. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. or I would be, um, I guess as I've got older, I've learned that a lot of that time as I was younger, I was chasing that, that feeling of a family for yeah. going to the wrong places, like yeah. hanging around with the wrong crew, or yeah. which therefore put me into places where, yeah, I wasn't doing the right thing. Yeah. But I got to a stage where I think I just woke up and was just like, you know what, this is... This is not what I, this is not my my path. Like yeah. you can you can make one or two decisions. You can you can go. I had a fucked up life, so I'm going to wear that as a badge and I'm going to do whatever I want and become an asshole. Yeah, and or, use it as an excuse. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Or you can go. Okay, well I've had a fucked up life. What I'm going to do is do everything in my power not to be my parents. Yep. Not to go the way that everybody thinks I'm going to go, and that's where I went. I got to a crossroad where I was just like. You know what? I'm not the bad person I think I am. I'm not the, the fucked up I think I am. Yep. So, yeah, it's it basically. I guess you're talking to my my counselor that I see on occasions. Um, it's your code. Yes. What defines you? Yeah. Every man has a code. Yeah. Um, luckily for me, my code is is a respectable person. I just made some wrong choices. Yep. So well, that so just going back to when what the when you're young, what what ages was that? As long as I can remember. So from yeah, as long as you can remember till yeah. teens, like early teens, or um, I think it stopped. Shit, I remember I would have been about, I think I was about eleven or twelve. I yep. remember one day my mum came into my room with a belt. She swung the belt and I caught it. Yeah, and I've always been told that. I get really angry. I get really dark in the eyes and just scary. Yeah. And yeah, she said that. She said she gave me a look like, yeah, you're not on anymore. And yeah, so, did you know during during those years what was occurring to you? Like, were you aware that? No, nah, nah, no, you didn't. No, didn't man. Like you, yeah. you grow up as a kid and you expect that you your family are your. That's that's your safe place. That's your it's where you grow up and stuff yeah. like that. It's supposed to be parents are supposed to be the the, the people to protect you. So, yeah. so, what were your teen years like then? Oh, I was out of control. Yep. Because where, uh, whereabouts did you grow up? I grew up in Brisbane. Yep. Uh, I had a father that would come in and out of my life. Yep. But when he would come into my life. I was smoking weed at 13 and yeah like so dad didn't live with you no dad no. lived in sydney and okay. um yep. yeah he would it was like i would be to him sometimes i was cool it's cool to have a kid when he wanted yeah yeah so i would and i didn't like i would go to his place for holidays and yep. we'd smoke weed and i'd drive a car i was 14 like that's how I understood bonding with the dad was like. like yeah. People go, oh, I went fishing with my dad. I'm like, you like, 
fuck man, I just smoked weed and drove a car around Sydney at 14. Yeah, 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 yeah. went to a pub and drank beers. Like, yeah. watch my dad beat shit out of some dude. Like, fucking hell. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it, to me, that was just an, a natural, natural thing. Like, yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's all you knew at that yeah. point. Yeah. And you got brothers and sisters? I've got two half sisters. Yeah. So my parents split and I had a sister each, a yeah. daughter each, sorry. And, and do you know if they've experienced the same? No, nah, my, my sister that lived with me with my mum and my stepdad, my mum never retaliated with her. Yeah. I think it was with me, it was because I was my father's son. Yeah. It just, she'd had a really rough growing up, which yeah. is not an excuse, but, and that's, yeah, that was probably what has driven our relationship to where we just don't talk anymore. So I pretty much don't have any contact with my mum's side of the family. Yep. And then my dad's, I speak to my auntie and everybody but my father. Yeah. So you, through your teen years, you live with mum? Live with mum, yeah. And then till how long? When did you move out? Well, as soon as I could get out, I got out. And there's another example, like I got out with, I was 19 at the time, 18 at the time. And I met this girl who was 26. And you were how old? 18. 18, okay, yep. She was bad news, but she gave me an out from mum and dad's place. Yep. But just went from one bad situation into another. Like she so you just, started living with her yeah. at 18? Yeah. Yeah, so, so what was that like? Oh, man. Where do I start? Is that the first like relationship you had? Yeah, first serious relationship where I, I owned things with her. I slept in the same bed. Yeah. Like, I lived an adult life. So, and, um, oh, look, she was toxic. She was bad for me. So yep. She had full control of me and she knew it. And she put me in some sticky situations. Yep. Um, she had a couple of crazy ex-boyfriends. One was a bouncer and some of his mates laid into me out the back of the nightclub one night. For dating her or...? Oh, God, I don't know, man. But, yeah, they took me outside and, look, I'm not, I'm not the toughest guy, but I'm not scared from what I grew up with. Yeah. I'm not scared to take beat. Yeah. So I walked out there and I don't actually remember much what happened, but um, two of my mates came out and found me out the back and these guys were laying into me and, yeah, apparently I was still spitting blood at them and, and telling them they hit like girls. So, yeah. Go figure. It's the 18 year old male in you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I ended up with a punch and lung, three broke, uh, three bruised ribs, one cracked rib. Um, so, at this point in your life, you've gone nose. through abuse and traumatic upbringing. At 18, moved straight into a relationship with a 26 year old girl. Yep. Is the drug abuse no, continue at this point? Or? No, that never. That stopped at that period. Um, and where were you with your mum and dad at this point? Had you told your mum and your dad? There was, never, like... there was never any talking to them. Like, my mum takes absolutely zero, zero responsibility. Yeah. She was, in her eyes, she was the most perfect mum that ever lived with us. Yep. So, yeah. And I can, where you're coming from. Yep. I can, I can say to her, like, what about this time when you did this to me? Yep. Oh. Always an excuse? Oh, there was, no, well, you, I just, I just, just lightly tapped you, you fell into the, and I was like, mm. So like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. the example I'm talking about is, 
Um, I don't know what I did one morning, but I was a little kid, having breakfast, I would have been about six. Yeah, it would have been six. I've said something. God only knows what it was. I was never a malicious kid. I was cheeky. Yeah. Um, I've said something, and I just remember the whack and the head going forward and just hitting the table, and then nothing hurting, like nothing hurt. But then I had my hands on my face because I was four six. I was scared, and I pulled my hands away, and there was just blood. And what had happened is I'd smacked my nose on the table and broke my nose. So I'd um my stepdad cleaned me up and they sent me to school and the whole day I was just like I knew that that shouldn't have happened, but I blame myself. I was like, as a kid, well, that's what you do. You, yeah. Your parents yeah. are this pedestal, like yeah. Um, so yeah, I uh, I came back from home from school and. I guess the whole time I was just walking home from school going, mum's going to say sorry. I walk in the door and my mum's just like, looks at me and just goes, you know what happened this morning? I'm not sorry for doing that. You shouldn't have stepped out of line. And just things like that. And I've spoken to her about that. Yeah. Like, that shouldn't happen. And she denies she said that. She says, no, that was your imagination. No, you, you bit your lip. That's what the blood was. And it's not... It, there's no, there's no way that's recreated in my head because that's what, like if you remember it, well, it's part it. of my flashbacks. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you get flashbacks as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, so when I was waiting for my unit to be built, I was only supposed to be three months. Yeah. So I sort of said to my mum and stepdad, "Hey, can I can I stay at yours? There's no point. Like leases are six months." They're like, yeah, 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 good. So they were, my mum was always good at that. Like, come in, yeah, stay. Yeah. But then as soon as I got in there, the guilt. Oh, you don't pay any rent. Oh, you don't do this. Oh, you don't do that. Oh, and you just like, shit. And that's where I started to notice that I would get flashbacks of the abuse yep. because I was spending time around her. It's reminding so you and triggered something. It's Yeah, it's a trigger. So, so, sorry, just to go back. So once you you turned 18, you're with a 26-year-old girl. How long did that relationship last? Um, 12 months. Yep. And then what happened after that? God. Uh, I went home for a little while. Um, each time I went home, they always were, my mum always reminded me, you did wrong. You fucked up. Get a hold of your life. And what were you doing for a job then? Um, I just quit my apprenticeship and that's where I started into sales. Yep. So, I, yeah, I'd, um, yeah, I think at that stage, I, no, I hadn't really, I just was a good salesperson inside. So yep. um, I hadn't really hit my straps. And then, yeah, my early 20s, I got wild. Yeah, really wild. Why? What would you do? Look, um, I had the access to do anything. Mm. I had the, the network of mates that realistically I could go and hang out with good guys or I could go and party with some, some wild ones. So, yep. And that was, yeah, I always struggle with wondering where the hell I belong. Yep. Like, um, at that stage, I was still, 
I'd been that beaten down that I just didn't think that I was anything. Like it was, yeah. I would put on this big facade and tell jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. But really deep down, I was just, I was so lost. Yeah. Um, do you still have the same mates now? You're 36 now. Do you still have the same mates you had? I do. Yeah? I do have, like, not the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely turned my back on a lot of those people. Yeah. I've even at some stage just tried to help those people. So in your 20s, did you, did you know something was wrong with you, as in depression or anything like that, or were you just going through life? Oh, man, I just always thought I was a black sheep. Yeah. just a... That you were the black sheep. Yeah, I was just a whirlwind. Yeah. Like, yeah, I always knew that, I don't know, I thought, I always thought I'd just be like, burn bright, die young. Like, it would just be like, yep. just, uh, I was just, I couldn't understand why I was wild. I yep. couldn't understand why I was the way I was. Yeah. Like, I, I was just so, the easiest way to say it, I was just crazy. Yeah. I just didn't understand anything. Didn't understand my emotions. Like I would just fly off the handle. Yep. And wouldn't even make any sense. Yep. But it's because I grew up in a house where I didn't really know how to use my emotions properly. Yep. That once I got out in the outdoor, adult world, no one had taught me any better. So. Yep. So to feel for you, and I only say this because it feels similar to me. Like obviously, you know, like I've had issues since leaving the military. Yeah. For me, that's like it's more of a cultural thing, like an, an identity loss for me like a, you know we'd speak a certain way we get treated a certain way then all right you're done with the army i got out mm. and i meet all these other people and no one talks the same as me i'd get angry all the time mm. so if you similar thing for you it sounds like you know your family environment you would you were i don't know spoken to a certain way treated a certain way then you get you know you went from an 18 year old kid living with a 26 year old female you know you've never done that before so Mm. You're not used to interact certain interactions with people. Is it yeah. something something like that? Yeah, it was. Um, I guess the beauty of it was I was always so quick to think off my feet. I was always pretty much like an actor. Yeah, I was really good at acting. Yeah, so I was able to show the world that there was nothing wrong mm. when my world sometimes was falling apart. Yeah. So it was, I think it was just, that was like I've spoken to my counsel about. It was just, I had this survival mode and I just did whatever it took to get to the next place and then just make sure that the world never knew what the hell I was on about. You know? Yeah. So when did you start to realise, hey, maybe something's wrong here? Um, probably... I've been home three years. I was in Sydney 11 months, just before I went to Sydney. So Sydney was a run. Okay. I needed to, to break the pattern. I was hanging around the wrong guys. Um, I was pretty much living a double life. So how old were you? Uh, 32. Okay. So, yeah, so, so it wasn't early. It wasn't in your 20, like... No. 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 So it took a while. Yeah, I was... Um, yeah, I would... I would say I lived a pretty, pretty uh, out there lifestyle. I lived on the Gold Coast for a while and partied, and, and did, I did the wrong thing. Yeah. So yeah. So for someone living a wild lifestyle, the Gold Coast probably the last place you want to go. You should have been. Yeah. <laughs> so so what what was it where you went? 
hang on, something's going on. What was the moment? The um, well, I got busted and had to go and do some uh, drug rehabilitation. What'd you get busted for? Possession. Yep. Is this down at the Goldie? Uh, no, this was Brisbane. Okay. But the, the funniest bit about it was this was when I turned my back on the Gold Coast. Um, I was like, I knew what I was doing was wrong. Yep. I'd felt like a fool because I'd gone and looked in the wrong place for a family. Yep. Um, but I always had that high protective instinct. And that's why I fitted in with those guys because I could go places where other people couldn't because I could turn myself to observation. I was, I was never, I was never the man. Like I was, it wasn't, I never did it because I was a big man or something like that. I just, because of everything I've been through, I wasn't scared to take a hiding. I wasn't scared of death. And I just didn't give a fuck. Really. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. It wasn't that I thought I was the man and I could take the world on. It was just the fact that I really just didn't care. So I'd, um, I turned my back and said to the boys, I'm done. This is after you got picked up? No, this was before. Yep. So then um, I was always the, Shit, man, I remember like, one night I purposely walked through sniffer dogs to, to stop the three of the boys getting caught. And that was, that actually, if, if I have to say a time where I knew there was something wrong with me, that was it. That yeah. was the catalyst. But I went, I've got to get off the Gold Coast. I've got to get away from these people. And I'm going to start turning around because there's, to me, it felt like there was a fucking storm. And there was a big storm coming. And yeah. I just didn't know. I just assumed it was the, the lifestyle. I didn't. Yeah. I never thought that I would have depression. Like I was happy all the time. Yeah. But I didn't know that that was just me masking even from myself. Yep. So yeah, I got I got caught up in that. Uh, they took me to the watch house, uh, strip searched me, and yep. that's where the flashbacks came yep. from my childhood. And yeah, I went off the rails there and. Lady sergeant came in and started talking to me and gave me a jacket. She's like, you, you're a good guy, but you clearly messed up with the wrong people in your group. And that's sort of where I just went, you know what, you're right. Yeah. So I came back and um, a friend of mine rang me and said he'd been in trouble. He needed to move some stuff really quickly. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'll you're talking gear, like drugs? Yep. yep. So I, uh, I took off. And Helped him, and I got caught. Again? No, this was the, the time I got oh, caught. okay, yeah. So, yeah, I got caught. And, um, yeah, it was, that was just a wake-up call then. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to be going to London to visit my cousin. My, the chances I wasn't going to be able to do that. I was so scared of what my family were going to think. Like, there were so many things that were coming up that my mind, like, like, yep. What if I go to jail? Yeah, it was because that was where the biking laws had just started. So okay, yeah, yeah, man, there was no pattern on the law. Like it was shit. If you were associated with this person, you could. I, um, I guess long and short of it, I I started doing drug counselling and it, it did all the right things to make sure that it just became a slap on the wrist and I was yep. turning my life around. Yeah. But it was the drug counsellor talking to me about 
family and my wife. And she, it was her that sort of like, the drugs are just a mask. Yeah. You've got, this is your problem. Yeah. We need to not worry about that. Once we deal with this, you'll stop doing this. And I'm like, no, look, that's not what I'm paying you for. Like, so, you didn't, so she said this to you and you didn't believe it? Yeah. Or you didn't want to hear it? I don't want to hear it, man. Yeah. Did you think there was any truth to it when she said it to you? Oh, yeah. But you just didn't want to fucking admit it. Like, I don't yeah. want to face it. Like, yep. I'd seen like those ads, like people with depression and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I'd lost already two mates to depression. Like, yeah. I was like, fuck, I'll just keep out running this thing. Yeah. It won't catch me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's when I came back. I did a trip to London, visited my cousin, and started being close to them. And that's when I moved and lived with my aunt. And that's where I started to learn family. And I started to, to realize where I was going wrong. Like, um, I guess it started to get like the smaller things in life. Or like someone telling me they were proud of me, like I'd never, never really had that. Like, yeah. I didn't. I knew that that existed, but it was like fucking Santa. Yeah. Fuck. So, yeah. So I, she would always like. I remember when I first moved there, she would cuddle me all the time, and it would make me uncomfortable. It was just You're like, not used to it. Yeah. Like even like my ex fiance, like when I lived with her, she was she was a very affectionate person, but. Couldn't understand why, like, what was so important to her because I just didn't understand. Yeah. When so you were engaged? When was that? Uh, so I was engaged from twenty six to about twenty nine. Okay. Yeah. And that was a period where I, I went completely. I was insane. We had our problems, like, but I never, never touched anything. Yeah. So why? What was? Why did that end? Um, oh, look, here's fine. Yep, we were 25 when we met. We were kids, doing um, I was just this mess, I was so friggin' lost. Um, I spent the whole time of our engagement thinking I wasn't good enough for her, which just basically it didn't make it a good time for me at all. Yeah. I would always just be worried that I was going to lose her. Um, and in her circumstance, she was very self-centered, but I was very giving, so I felt like it. And look, it's, it's one of those things. It's, like, we've caught up now, and we're actually good friends. Okay, so you still see each other? Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we bumped into each other at Boys to Men six weeks ago. Well, let's talk about that first. Boys to Men concert. Thanks for the invite, bro. What can I say? <laughs> I love music. So. I don't even know they were still alive. <laughs> don't let the tattoos fool you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet, tough sneakers, man. You see yeah. Boys to Men. No, I love Boys to Men. It was good. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I um, I hadn't spoken to her in, oh, God, uh, eight years. Yeah. It was a pretty messy breakup. She went backpacking in Canada and I stayed here. Yep. Um, uh, it was just... We were at two different times of our life. My career was taken off with work and I had some big bonuses on the way and she wanted to backpack and I was just like, oh, that's not me. So we split and it was pretty bad. And we sort of caught up when she came back and I was just like, I was still a mess, just angry at the world. And yeah, I just remember she coming to try to talk to me and I was just like, I can't even remember. 
So you spent pretty much up until your like early thirties feeling lost, mm. depressed, probably not even realizing it, just pissed off all the time. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was pissed off all the time. I just, I was just, yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. didn't know where to turn or what. I just kept, I guess, just surviving and just jumping from place to place, trying, yeah, I don't know. So what? Trying new things and yeah, yeah. So after the drug counselor said, you know, this is what could be the issue, and you said, no. and what? And what happened after that? Moved to Sydney, um, and I started to feel good. Like I started to feel belonging. Um, yeah, I cut my ties with the the negative people in my life. Yep. Um, but Sydney was just never it was never me. It was it served a purpose and it was good for me to get away and start off fresh. And shit, I'll forever be in debt to my my auntie and my uncle for giving me a place to stay and. They helped me to get my deposit together to buy my own place. So, yeah, yeah it's um, it was never a waste. And it was good to go and test myself in a market that I didn't know anyone. Um, yep. I grew up in the industry up here, and I went to Sydney. And I was successful. Sales. Yeah. Yep. Didn't know anyone, but I'm good at building relationships. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it was um, uh, December of four years ago. Yep. Three years. I came back and my stepdad had cancer. So I sort of, I wasn't happy at the time, so I probably used that as my catalyst to come home. Yep. That was the weekend I met Lisa. Yep. So it was pretty weird actually. I'd uh, come home on the Friday night, I had dinner with um, my mum and stepdad, seen him, and I was just like, it's pretty bad. Saturday night, I caught up with all my, my friends for dinner. And, I just remember just sitting at dinner and everybody's like talking and stuff and I was just going, I'm coming home. I'm like people stop mid-conversation, like, what are you talking about? Are you drunk? I'm like, no, I'm coming home. And I go back on Monday, I'm gonna resign my job. And um, I think it was I just like, oh yeah, it's my time to come home. I I don't know what drew me to come home. Like I can say it was stepdad cancer, I can say it was family. I don't know. I think it was just subconsciously my body was just we're going to deal with this. We need to get you back into a network where you've got good, deep friends, yeah. home, a work life where you can be. Don't need to be one hundred percent to be good. Yeah. At eighty percent or seventy percent, I'm still pretty good. So I could rely on a lot of relationships I have and stuff like that to win business. And plus, it sounds like when you you've said it out loud, you're surrounded by family at that point, right? Mm. So it's a good environment. Yeah, something you've always wanted. Yeah, and so, you say, oh, I want, I want to be home. I want so to then be on the guys. Sunday, I um, went out for a few drinks, and that's when I met Lisa. And I was like, it was pretty weird, but I'm, I live in Sydney. I'll be moving back soon. Yep. So, yeah, Lisa and I stayed in contact over the time. And as you knew, I came back a few times. I rode my motorbike up, um, flew back a few weekends and caught up with them. And yeah, we started dating when I came back in January. But yeah, and then on the, the Monday, yeah, I was due to do a business meeting to present a business plan for 2014. Yeah, I think I'm like, yeah, so I'm walking to this boardroom and I'm in the car at the airport on the way. It was the, when the lint. Uh, oh, the siege. Siege. Yep. Because I remember it took me an hour and a half to get 
for my appointment from the airport. Yep. Because the siege was on. Okay. So the whole way, I'm just dropping my resignation because I was on a restriction of trade. So I had to give God it was like three months' notice. So I walk into this uh this meeting. There's the general manager, regional manager, some other dude, and they're like, "Oh, Jace, sit down." So what's your business plan for 2014? And I was like, as I walked through the door, I pressed sound. Everybody, check down, Barry, kind of whatever you've got. That's why my resignation's on there. I'm planning on going back to Brisbane for 2014. What did they say? They were, uh, man, they were really shocked. Um, I changed a bit of their culture down there because I come from a different state. Um... I was doing a lot of work with them for like uh, set up a venue system and stuff like that. Um, so they had some good plans for me. Yeah, they're actually uh, at the final hour gave me another offer, basically an under the table offer to try and keep me in Brisbane, uh, Sydney, sorry, and I would just fly home every weekend. Yeah, I was doing that anyway most weekends. So yeah, I've met Lisa, trying to see my family. Yeah, but I was coming back in between that period as much as I could. Like, so how think when you finally moved back to Brisbane, how did that feel? It was a bit of a whirlwind, actually. I mean, yep. We're still having those feelings of wanting to live a little bit wild, or did you feel like you were coming no. down? No. No. Yep. I think that was part of the attraction of Lisa. She was a police officer. Shit. I wasn't, wasn't going to play up, was I? <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. But look, she was a good. Chick too. So, yeah. Um, so what was it? Because uh, I know you said at the beginning that when you and Lisa were together, there was a, there was a moment where something happened to you, where it all. Oh look, I think it was just bad time for the pair of us. You yep. still had her shit to go through. Yep. Was there something that triggered triggered something in you? Was it that your stepdad got cancer? Was that no, timing with that, or? I just went into self destruct mode. Really. Yep. I um getting upset a lot, which couldn't have been a cool time for her, like, yeah, um, yeah, it was just, and I just trivial shit too, like, yeah, I just couldn't understand why, it was just like, sometimes everything was just a challenge, yep. I just like, couldn't understand it, like, it was just hard to exercise, it was hard to, and you just get so anxious, which was something I'd never never encountered, like I remember going to dinner with Lisa and her mum and I walked out of there thinking, I hope her mum likes me. Yeah. Like I'd never had that fear. Like parents are something that have always come easy to me because I've always, what you see is what you get. Mm. And the parents can always see that I'll always have their daughter's best interest at heart. Yeah. So I should never have even had those thoughts, but I was like, yeah, it just, I don't know, this anxiety came over me with everything. I'd go and do a sales pitch and walk out. I don't think I stopped. I bought it. I, it just eroded all the confidence. So you just started me. getting nervous all the time, anxious, yeah. like you said. Yep. It was, um, yeah, it was weird. Like, And you'd never just, had this, even like 20s and your teens, you never really got that? No. Yeah. Like, I, I got nervous like normal people, but not like just... Like a panic? Yeah. Yeah. Like panic I know attacks. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. So 
Um, I just remember like, remember one day it was like, this is how stupid it was. Like I'd spoken to Lisa in the morning. We were going to catch up, do the walk, have something to eat. Um, and I fucking, after getting off the phone to her, I had this panic attack. Is she really even into me? Like, stupid. Like, yep. I'm sorry, but, and that's probably that and the depression is what drove her away, was the fact that she became needy, like, which was. You've never had that before. So what, um, after that, did you go seek help from anywhere or? It was while Lisa was still around, like. She was the one, she just went straight out because she got depression. And I just remember like I remember that day just being like I thought she was the biggest bitch that ever walked the earth. Like, how dare you try and pull me down like that? Like no. Was way. that the first time anyone ever said that to you? Mm. Yeah. Other than like the, the counselor, the, yeah. she she danced around, she never said depression. Yeah. She said you've got some deep conceited problems or So when you heard it, what what'd you think? Did it make sense to you at all? Or were you just like, nah? No. Yeah. No, I was like, no, there's something else wrong. Yeah. I, I was trying to find any excuses for like taking too many drugs in my life to fuck my brain or, or something like that. I yep. Was, yep. There was no way I was gonna like <laughs> I was no there's no way I was accepting depression was what's wrong with me. I so mean, when when was the moment where you accepted it? Uh, I went to a doctor. Yep. And got like the the health plan and all that sort of stuff done and yep. And was that your call? You went, fuck it, I need to Talk to someone or? I did it because pretty much I was like, all right, fine. You want to say I got depression, Lisa? Watch this. I'm going to go and prove that I don't. And she'd spoken to me about, because I was like, what makes you an expert at this? And she spoke about what you had been through. Yep. I was like, so that sort of was like, okay. Right, I'll do it. And then, um, yeah, I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, oh, gave me this questionnaire and she didn't tell me what it was about. So yeah. I'm just filling it out. She goes, be honest. Like it's the best thing to, to be honest. And I was like, okay. Right, so I'm filling it out and I'm reading these questions and I'm like circling these answers. I can't see what pattern this does or anything like that. Yeah. So the, his answer's all over the place. So anyway, she takes a piece of paper, she puts this thing over the top of it and, and scores it. And it's 38. I was like, oh, that's not bad out of 100. She goes, no, it's out of 40. I was like, so what's that mean? She goes, you're in really high danger of depression. Like, you're, you're like borderline about to snap. Yeah. So I sort of was like, that's pretty much where I started to make myself unappealing to Lisa. Okay. If that makes her... As in, you mean you made yourself? Yeah, I couldn't. Like Self-sabotaging? Yeah, yeah, I just went, you know what, I've got to get this, this chick out of the road. Like, yep. Uh, I probably knew I was saying the wrong things and I knew I was doing the wrong things and I knew I was coming off needy, but I didn't care. Yep. It was like a, a way that I'm just going to make a bolt. So yep. it's going to be good. If she leaves, like, I'm not. So, so did the doctor... What advice do they offer you or help today? I uh, straight up uh, was like, okay, we've got to get you to a counselor. Yep. Um, and you're accepting of that? You're keen to do it or? Yeah. When I saw the score of 38 
and then she told me that there was out 40. That's pretty much where I, the room started spinning and I started to realize, yeah, shit, I'm in trouble. Like, what about medication? I did medication. Yep. Um, I didn't like medication. I yep. never have. Yep. Never, so you didn't stay on it? Uh, I did. So I did three weeks, but then you don't count the first two weeks because it comes into the system. Yep. So five weeks. All I found was it numbed me. Um, it made me very sleepy. Yep. So I would be in the middle of presentations and just yawn. Like I hadn't been to bed. Like I'd been to bed. I'd slept. So, yeah, I um, I just found it wasn't helping me, and I'd started a string of going to the counselor. So, yeah, I just weaned myself off it. So, yeah. pretty much, um, from the get go, once I went to the first counselor session, I started researching. Now, so you started doing your own research. Yeah, yeah. I read. Harvard journals to, I would sit there reading something I didn't understand, but try and pick out anything that I could get. Yep. Then I would find other things that were um, big blogs and stuff like that. I just started reading about it. And then I, I read about the antidepressants and read little, don't just go cold turkey, wean yourself off. Yep. Um, and then I heard about Um, and at that stage too, I was still, oh, I wouldn't say I'd given up, I just didn't care. Yeah. I was like, you know what, this is, I think I'm in too deep. Yeah. I think this is too much. So I, and this I, is only four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. three, yeah. Yep. So where we're at today, how do you feel now? Yeah, look, man, I, I guess it's one of those things, it's, um, yeah, I still have Times where I get down, like I've been through bad shit, like yeah. Um, but it's it's knowing knowing your body. So like, if I could give when people talk to me about this, and they say, "What's what? What do you do that's different from everybody else?" Well, I got to learn that my mind is a muscle, and if you can control your muscle, like you can a bicep or a calf muscle or something like that, it's actually quite a powerful muscle. So the way I look at it is find what what you like to fuck with. Yep. It's the simple way to say it. You should so, put that on a t-shirt. So it's like... So what what have you done? Find now. things that are good for you. Like learn from yourself what you enjoy and put those things in your life. Like it's... Um, you can sit there with your thumb up your ass and this thing will just bury you. Like, and I've watched it bury a few of my mates. But it, it got to a stage when the counsellor, she started to, to make inroads that I started to understand. And the biggest thing is understanding depression and realising you can beat it. Yeah. It's once, like anything in front of you is, you can't beat it. Like you'll just let yourself go over it. And that's where you've got to stop it. So have you added anything into your lifestyle now? Oh, not really. Um, oh, look, I probably have. Like, it's just, it's just natural now. Like, um, I enjoy listening to podcasts. I listen to uh, audio books. Yep. Simple things like that that I never did years ago. 
Yeah. But I enjoy them because I'm, and they're my, they're my things. Like if I know I'm, I'm in a bit of a shit mood, they're the things that I go to sit down, listen to a podcast. So you find distraction or something, something yeah. to keep you busy. Start, yep. start thinking of other things because that's the depression is your mind trying to drag you down. Yep. And it's a bitch. It'll, yeah. it'll get a hold of you. Like, yep. so you've got to find things like exercise and like, I guess, look, I'm no scientist, but my explanations are going to be very bro science. Bro science. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. But, that's what we do here. But um, like exercise releases endorphins, makes you happy. Yes. Yep. But then it's it's not only that. It, you, you exercise, you look better, you feel better. You'll sometimes you'll eat better. So then the, you're not putting garbage into your body. Like yeah. It's it, it it's pretty much just a fucking balance. Like getting your, your mind right and and your body right and your lifestyle right. Um, and find things that do make you happy. Like, oh man, I don't know. I, I love going down to the surf with the boys and, and just stand in the surf and have a swim or, yeah. or going to see my goddaughter. Like, yeah. like she was a big part of like that, that early piece was I thought the world hated me, but there was this little girl that just brought the sunshine out my arms wanted to be around me all the time and I couldn't understand why. And then as you get older, you do understand that there's just times of your life where it fucking tips over and you get to help. Like you, a lot of things help and you don't even realise. Yeah. Um, do your friend, like all your close mates, do they know that you've been yeah. going through depression? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they, um, I had to tell them. Yeah. It was just basically overnight like that. Did it feel better once you got it out in the nah, open? I fucking no, hated it. you didn't like it because I've always been the, the, always been the rock or the. Mm. Yeah, you felt it was a, like a weakness. It was weakness. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd seen it as there was a chink in my armor. So how did that? Once you told them, how did they react? Oh, look, it's it's one of those things now. I just I don't care. People can think what they want about this. Well, it's same thing. It's not. There's nothing it's to be not ashamed of, man. It's not my fault. Yeah, like, I never, I never asked for the shit to happen yeah. to me. Like, okay, yeah, in my adult years, I probably, I probably could have done some things differently, but I didn't. Yeah. But to get me to where I am now, and uh, the self awareness and the understanding I have about myself, yeah, the the squeezes work the juice. Yeah. So, uh, you're yeah, happier, open about it, and oh yeah, look, yeah. And, and I'm happy to to talk to people about it too if, if yeah. I can help somebody else. Well, you mentioned to me the other week on the phone. Um, didn't you go speak to some? Yeah, some yeah. So kids or something about. A friend, about? I, I did. Uh, went and spoke to some. Uh, I guess you call them troubled youths. Yep. He said to him, "It's whatever happens, you just make your make your own your own life. Don't don't let this what's happening to you now turn you into a, a shithead or a yep. narcissist. Yep. Be your own person. Be what you want to be." end of the day once you, you get out of these walls or you get away from that shitty family or whatever how old were these kids uh you know, i have to say early teens yep early teens so yeah there was how was how was it received you reckon yeah, did you get I a chance was, to talk to them after or? yeah a couple yep. of the kids came up to me afterwards um yep. i guess it didn't hurt that like, i walked in in a baseball cap nba scene where crap bombs like sleeve tats yeah <laughs> so like they were like oh yeah man Motorbike, yeah, I got a motorbike. So yep. I sort of I hit them on that sort of circumstance where they're just like, 
this guy's been what we've been through, but he lives a pretty cool lifestyle now. Yeah. And that's what I said to him. I said, you're going to have your tough days, you're going to have your good days, but at the end of the day, the power's in your own. Yeah. You can beat it. It's just, it's how strong your mind is. Yeah. You know? And for you doing that, how did it feel? Like talking to kids and let, yeah, know, oh, look, know. it's um, it is hard for me because of what I, I tackled to me as a kid. I, I probably am um, yeah, I, I'm very sets off a lot of triggers. Yeah. Even it's, talking today, I can tell as yeah. you talk about certain things. Yeah, it, it feels a bit uncomfortable for you. Yeah, and kids, anything happening to kids, like I'd always like to be a police officer. Yeah. I know in a situation where something happened to a child, I can't it's control tough, myself. It's tough, like, yeah. yeah. Yep. Like I've, I've, um, I was quite lucky. I missed getting charged for, so I was at shopping centre and I just remember hearing this wail of a scream. Yeah. Like a kid just, I knew, I knew straight away that that kid was in danger. I, shopping and here so I looked around and it was his father bang 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 on this child that's pretty much all I remember and then the next minute I'd uh I'd given him a hell of a mighty fight um like I the police had come so and they what the hell's going on so yeah. all they'd seen is this guy lying on the ground me standing over him yeah kid screaming yeah so you can imagine what they were thinking, like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. So pulled me away, and then a couple of eyewitnesses come over and said, um, the kid's being hit. And he's going to be cleared out the situation. So, yeah, uh, luckily for me, because he was hitting the kid, somehow, they said, look, we can press charges on you, but he won't press charges on we can press charges on him so he won't press charges on you so that was basically how it was yeah the kid i don't care if you press charges on me that that kid can yeah like, look we will write it up yeah send it on to you know, the various family services uh, keep an eye on it but yeah i just I, I remember walking towards that car what happened after that that was not my intention like, yeah that, from what the, the officer said to me, apparently I walked straight in, led with an elbow, pulled him in, and pretty much knee kick while he was down. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hold fucking back. Mm. So that sort of, to me, is something that I've had to work on with my counsellor. Yeah. So you still seeing a counsellor now? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, look, man, it's even if it's just a tuner, and I go and see a. Seventy dollars. Yeah. Um, like I went and seen her three weeks ago. We just talked shit. Yeah. Told her that things were going on. I've been catching up with my ex fiance and how proud I was that I was able to be forgiving and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Talked about a whole bunch of positive stuff. So it's um. But then I walked out happy because it was like probably didn't realize how proud I was myself, but how much I've grown. Yeah. Until you sit there and you talk to somebody that's going to pull those questions out of you. Yeah. Well, how exactly. did you feel about this? Yeah. How did you feel about that? Why did you think you did this? Somebody's going to confront you about it. Yeah. Ask you the question you don't want to ask. Yeah. Be so there's, there's the times where you go into the council and you come out and you feel like, 
piece of shit. Yeah. Then there's the times where um, it's just shit. It's just being aware of yourself. Really. Yeah. We're looking good now, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, for anyone listening who, you know, thinks they're going through depression or hasn't been outspoken about it yet, what's like your best bit of advice you can give them? Oh, look, I guess it's um, face it, pretty much. Face it. At the end of the day, you can try and outrun it, it's going to catch up. Yeah. Um, Turn around, face it, bite down, and, and fight it. Like it's um, it's once you start to understand what it is, where it eventuates from, then the other things fall into place. How do I fight it? And, yep. and look, some of the things like you might read about it and you take it, and it's only a placebo effect, but it's still a win. A win's yeah. a win. Yeah, like, exactly. Shit. You can win by a try, you can win by a penalty goal, you can win by a drop goal, <laughs> you can win by a penalty going the opposite way and you really didn't deserve it. But a win's a win. And anybody will take a win. Yeah. Shit, I, I won and it wasn't correctly, I'd still take the win. Yeah. But, so do whatever makes you happy or... And that's it. That's it. Brings you out of it. Yeah, well, it's, I don't think that it's just going to change overnight. Yeah. Um, I was quite lucky because I'm so determined, I fought it really quickly. Because it was just, as soon as I got a little bit of daylight, that was it. I was, I'm out of here. Yep. I'm, not, I'm not hanging around this. But to get to there, it was a long period where, that's it. I thought it was like walking on glass. Yep. I was just like, shit, this could fucking go at any stage. Yep. And it was scary. Like I, I look back at a lot of, I've only just deleted them now, but I look back at a lot of, my counsel got me to write. So I'd wake up at night, I'd be like, and then I would just have to spit out the first thing that came to my mind. So early day iPhones used to just hit the record button and I would just sit there. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm in a glass bowl. And yeah, once you read back on it, you the next day you sort of start to realise, okay, this is how I feel I need to drive myself this way. Yeah, find your Find your friends that are, you've been around with a long time and yeah, I guess if you can find people that have got the same common ground, it's benefit. Yeah. Hey, that's it. That's it. Episode one, in the books. Jesus. How'd oh. that feel? Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. I mean, well, like I said, thanks for coming on, man. And, yeah, um, I feel bad. Where's your story, man? Mate, we'll get to that. Episode, I don't want this all to be about me. It's me trying to get something from other people. So, uh, like I said, man, appreciate you coming on and yeah, wow. tell me. I, I,